Welcome to Siblinghood of Recovery. Hello, recovery community. This is a conversation with Cordelia Kraus. It's a craft-based conversation, and it navigates all the challenges that come with what we see when a loved one gets caught up in the patterns of addiction. Without further ado, here's the conversation, and I do hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, Cordelia Kraus. It's so great to have you here. How are you? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. I am excited to have Cordelia with Helping Families Help. And I am just starting to learn about craft and you are a perfect person to introduce that concept to my audience. So, I mean, how would you like to get us started? Well, first, I want to start with gratitude. Thank you so much Mm -hmm. for having me here. Thanks for creating a space for yourself, for listeners to be able to think about these and struggle with these really, really hard situations and creating community. I started within craft actually as a parent myself when I was struggling with behaviors uh, of one of my children as they were doing um, substance using behaviors as well as some other difficult behaviors. Um, my and it's sort of like adolescent, you know, age range for me uh, as far as how it was to define what I thought of what is a good mother and how I should be able to control my child and a good mother, you know, like all the kind of like thoughts and chatter um, really had me in this positioning of basically trying to uh, talk about it as pin them to the ground, you know, mostly Mm. figuratively, sometimes literally in this effort to try to to control their behaviors. Yes. There's two words that I want to talk that I want to pull just a tiny bit of, what it means to be a good mom, I hear expectation mm-hmm. in that, right? And then control. So yeah. yeah, those resonate with me. For sure. And you can sort of watch those and how they play out, not only as it, it was, at least for me as a as a mom and what that mm-hmm. what I thought that meant. But then also the work that happens within me and what I'm expecting of and pressure and pressure and right. And it's, and it's not like anybody's telling us, but this is stuff that we just soak up. Um, and we carry around. So yeah. So we were getting, so I'm, I'm trying all these different ways to, to control. Um, and with all the wonderful, you know, uh, consequences as you might expect. So behavior starts going deeper and sideways. Um, I'm losing the relationship that I would want. With my, I'm not feeling like a good mom in this at all, even though that's what's part of what I'm trying to do or be. And I had several different experiences here that's shifted for me. One of them was reading the book Beyond Addiction. Mm. Beyond Addiction is a phenomenal book that's based in craft, which we'll get to in a bit, um, that really helped me connect with a different approach, some different skills to try. I had an experience with another mom who was struggling that sort of helped me walk into this space about what would it mean if the worst were to happen? Yes. What what is it that I would have wanted to have tried? A third experience that was a therapeutic experience that had more to do with, okay, if I'm actually trying to like physically pin this human to the ground, you know, if that is not working, what is the position that I would want to be in? Like physically, what would I want to be in if I'm doing something different? If if they were, my child was to thank me 
years from now and say, thanks for showing up for me in this way. What is, what is the position I would be holding? And Those are being, so powerful. Yeah. yeah. So powerful. God. <laughs> this, there's, again, you're saying so much in, in so little time. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, it's fantastic. So I want to go back to the worst that could, that would ha- happen. Everybody who's listening to it, that's, that's the unspoken, yeah. right? That's the unspoken. So how did you learn from visualizing this, the worst that could happen, and then taking that on towards craft, you know, so I want to prioritize that. And then yeah. I love what you just said. Two things is, is you also talked about the future, like what your child would say, thank you for love those concepts. Yes. Powerful. Yes. And it's interesting because they feel almost, you know, like on the surface, it looks like they're very different, but they actually resonate in the same way to me that both of them start really bringing up and what is the, who do I want to be in this? That's the only thing I really have. I can really choose. Yeah. I can't choose. Like I've already tried to control the situation. That was not effective. It's not working. Right. So what can I practice? What can I do? What can I choose? Because that's all I've got. And yes. Who I would who would I want to be in this? What would I wanted to have tried if the worst were to happen and my child dies? Yeah. What do I think they would thank me for? You know, decades down the line, if they were to look back and say, you know, mom, this is I was, you know, this that time for me was really really hard, but I really appreciated that you did that you showed up in this way. Right. Yeah. And they both point towards the same place. They do. And one of the things that I learned as I walked through this journey is that there's the, uh, my son taught me this, there's the addict and then there's the person. And, you know, it's hard when the, when you're in the, the highest of activation of addiction, not to continue to see that person, but it is so important to know that that disease is separate from the person sometimes, you know, and I don't know if that makes sense, but he's, he was, uh, he was really good at that. He's like, mom, you know, I can't walk away from my addiction. So I have to walk with it. And uh, basically, I guess he asked us to all three walk together. (laughs) I don't know. Yes, 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 yes. And this place of being able to connect with who he also is. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't necessarily want to, we, we could get into the language part, right? I just want to share when, when I'm doing this work for me, even the terms of addict becomes a little bit too much of a rigidity that gets wrapped around it. And sometimes that doesn't give the space for growth or sometimes family members will get really caught in it and not aren't able to see the whole of a person and why this makes sense and how like there's all of this. So I just want to like notice that piece. Um, And we can still talk with the same language of you're talking about that human. Yeah. And I I, want to, I want to call this out too. Right now you and I are having a discourse, which I love, right? We are different people. We're different families and what worked for my son yeah, you, you know that's and and it's good and it's okay to talk about different ways. I like that you're saying, "Hey, Angie, you know, for me, I I tend away from that that word, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I'm honoring what he, my son has said to me, 
And I, and, and I think it's so incredibly important that we recognize that there's different language through this entire recovery world, right? But I want to hear yours. I'm here to hear about craft. I love the fact that you've already said, you know, for me, this is the language I use. And and being able to track and then just both of the places we're coming from is watching how it's actually working. And I will absolutely stand by anybody who wants to label themselves however they wish to label if that moves them forward. Like absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I just I just wanted to offer for absolutely. myself like what was what was coming up there. But there's this part I don't want to lose in there too about how it is to keep connected with him. Yeah. As your as your son. Like even if you can't see it in that moment, even if you haven't seen it for years, being able to sort of carry this torch in a way for him, even if he loses sight of it himself, that you remember. Yeah, and I, I do. It's funny that you said that because he is he guides me for sure, a hundred percent now. He guides me. I'm yeah. you know, that's that big huge letting go part too that is so important in recovery is letting that person yeah. be who they are. Yes, for sure. All those pieces of, okay, if this is who they are, this is the universe as it is. Yeah. I'm no longer struggling with that piece. And I took, I took many months struggling with that piece. Yeah. So how did you get to craft? Yeah. So, so beyond addiction conversation with a friend that helped me understand the possibilities of where this might go in the worst of cases. And then this switch that we started talking about, about the different stance I might be in. And that was instead of pinning them to the floor, it was more of this sitting with hands open and the therapist there just had me sit there. Let's just sit there for a moment. And I start crying. Oh yeah. What is this like to sit there? What are you doing? I'm I'm being a safe place for them to come back to. Mm, That's, that's where I need to, I need to keep on returning to the sense about for me to be a safe, they are going to go away. I want them to come back. I can't yeah. stop them from leaving, but I want to be a safe place for them to come back to. Yes. And while I'm holding that, I feel helpless and useless and I'm crying. And yet this is what they will thank me for. Yeah. And that the willingness to feel all that. Disguise. It's so much more comfortable to try to pin them to the ground. I feel powerful there. Like, I feel like I know what I'm doing. I feel like I'm being a good mom as according to how I've learned that from the, you mm-hmm. know, it feels really hard to sit and watch to have a safe place to return to and stay connected and do really complex ways. And, and we had talked about this before the recording. We are not taught how to dialogue uncomfortably. And I shared with you that, you know, Angie Reno, zero to 60. But what my son has taught me through this and how I've grown with him is to understand how when I'm getting activated, how that's going to affect, you know, my environment. And the irony is I'm actually standing up for myself more than I ever have in yes. my life, but I'm yes. doing it quietly. <laughs> I'm like, yes. hey, look, I don't agree with that. It was with this gentleness and kindness and strength mm-hmm. that there's, there's strength in there. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's... Isn't that ironic? <laughs> From the middle of it, it makes all the sense in the world. From the outs, yes. It's, yeah. it's how it is to be able to use these skills and perspectives and to be yeah. able to do that so that I can then stay in connection with somebody. Mm-hmm. 
Because um, with an addicted child, we are, or with a, a you know, I'm going to honor your your space as well with somebody who is challenged or struggling. And I don't know a lot about mental health struggles. I have a lot of friends who their uh, kids are have bipolar as well, mm-hmm. which brings in a whole nother part that I, I can't truly honor. But as we're faced with that, you know, we have to, it feels like justify so much to the world of what's going on with our kids and what's going mm-hmm. on in our family. Mm-hmm. And the community aspect of craft really touched my heart. So the, and it's interesting. So where we're talking about the community aspect, so it's the, you know, craft stands for community reinforcement and family training. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of this work, it echoes, there's integrity about what we're hoping from, from our loved one, from the person that's struggling with addictive behaviors, for what we're hoping for ourselves, even as providers, what we're hoping for ourselves there. And the community part is a, is a thread that runs through. So technically, when we're talking about community reinforcement, we're actually talking about, can we help change the environment around the loved one to help them connect with, with people and experiences that they resonate with so we can have some type of competing behaviors around their drug use? Yeah. And Talk to me about that. Teach me about that. So stepping back far enough, um, craft itself one of the things it does, um, and it's not only craft, actually, there's a craft-based approach called Invitation to Change, which I absolutely love that I'll be switching back and forth with. But they really start looking at this, this strategic assumption that behaviors make sense. Mm, okay. Of whatever my loved one's doing, that it makes sense. And we start using something that's, if we can get into it, something that's called a functional analysis about actually really looking at, okay, they went out and used on Friday night. Let's break that down. Okay. What was, what's happening in the week? What was happening, you know, before that? What are those thoughts you think were happening? What are the feelings that are there? Who were they with? And then the, what did they use? What did they like about it? What they didn't like, you know, what, what are the short-term consequences? What are the long-term consequences? What are the things yeah. they liked? You know, like really sort of expanding around. And this is where we start sort of going from, well, uh, the difficulty sometimes, the rigidity I get around the language is where the thoughts come, well, he's just an addict. That's just what he does. No. As opposed to, yeah, right, right there. Yeah. Well, that's really, there's, it's, you know, I turn to my phone when I get uncomfortable about something or I'm faced with a work thing I don't want to do. We all do these behaviors. They just amplify in some ways. Like, they do. Can we, can we look at what's actually happening for him? Yeah. And understand this more. And then with that understanding, we can actually start building. So if I can share from my own experience. Yes. For, for me and, and my child, we were trying to figure this out. Once we started doing this part of the work, our hypothesis became, and again, I call it a hypothesis because we don't really know this is an experiment. Yeah. But our idea was that, well, a lot of the behaviors they're doing, there's this edge to it. There's sort of a sense of like badassery. I hope I can use that term on your oh, podcast. Yeah. But yeah. okay, sweet. So, yeah. but, but this sense of like, you know, a badassery about it, that there's mm-hmm. this edge. So it was okay. What else? Like, I want to honor that. That's a need. That's part of what they're getting from this. Mm-hmm. This is the, this is what they value. How else can we offer that? And so we started looking into something called Krav Maga, which mm-hmm. is this very practical, very brutal form of self-defense that definitely okay. has a quality of badassery around it. It also is something we can do as a family. It's something that takes time. It takes commitment. It has community. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So can we start first? We started encouraging them to do it on their own. And, and then we started doing it as a family together. And then we practiced it. So there's this, and that's not the only thing that helped shift, but that was definitely one of the cornerstones here. Yeah. We respect what is happening with them. Their behaviors make sense. Mm-hmm. I love the respect part too, because a lot of times we get caught up in that behavior is wrong. Yes. And so the person becomes unrespected, disrespected, yes. not a person to be respected. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. And that whole shift of, of this is a result of something mm-hmm. that's occurring inside. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. I also want to touch towards though our responses as parents those ways that like me trying to pin my child to the ground or those responses that are really difficult sometimes from us, those make sense too. Yeah. Right. They do. Cause that's all we know. It's all we know. I'm tr- This is really painful. I'm trying to do what I can. This is what I think I like all of those, even if that's ineffective, they are mm. still, it's trying to fill a need in a different way. And for me bringing in craft then allowed me another alternative to compete with those behaviors to try yes. something new that shifted everything. But I want to yes. respect my process too. I want to respect all of the parents that are trying to figure this out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Any behavior that happens over and over is somehow being reinforced. It makes sense somehow. And we have to find out why and how and what's, what's behind it. And have compassion for yeah, the, the human that's in there who's struggling. Yeah, you know, you bring in a big, huge discussion about schools. Mm. You know, you bring in a big discussion in my brain about how you know it's easier to lay label kids who have you know challenges as well. They're the bad kids instead of sitting down and um, having the discussion about why. You know, and I do get the fact, I understand that we are resource challenged at in the school system. I'm, I totally understand that. Yeah. So then it becomes really important to provide resources to families who are in it. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm doing it. I just found out too about another community resource from another mom. I still attend parent meetings that I had not known about. It's called Brave. I don't know enough about it yet, but I'm going to start learning. It's a local county thing. Mm-hmm. So you found that you found craft through. So found craft through Beyond Addiction. Okay. Which is Beyond the book Addiction, the book. Right. Beyond Addiction, the book. Then there's two of these, these two other experiences that really helped shift like experientially and started doing things differently in the home and watching my behaviors change because that's the part I have to start with, right? And my practice and my behaviors and what can I do? And um, and then watching the dynamics in the home also shift and not mm. immediately. This is a long game. Like this is the long-term kind of, but some amazing, cool stuff that happening, you know, starts happening between our families. And then, so I'm going through sort of a parallel process. I'm going through schooling to be become a, a licensed professional counselor and go to a conference and meet the author of Beyond Addiction. So I actually run into Dr. Jeffrey Foote at the conference. We ended up showing up in the same places again and again, because we're both sort of like going to all the addiction-based stuff. Awesome. Ended up having this incredible conversation. And 
he invited me in to, are you interested in doing this work as a clinician, which isn't really something I had considered before. So yeah. we've kept in touch over time, uh, got to be a part of what was then became the invitation to change um, mm. approach and the trainings. And so I'm an invitation to change trainer through CMC Foundation for Change, uh, went to uh, a Myers craft training in 2017 and then got certified uh, in craft. There's a long process for the craft certification uh, for clinicians submitting audio tapes and supervision and blah, blah. But um, so did finish that in 2018. Mm-hmm. I was running a smart recovery family and friends group, which is also craft based. Okay. And then, you know, started this within the private practice. And then in 2019, I reached out some to some friends and colleagues who had a craft based website. Um, that is, it's, it's a website that is now helping families help.com and said, Good. Hey, are you, you know, interested in, I'm doing craft now. Can I, can I write a blog post every once in a while? Yes. And the response is, uh, we're actually going to pull the site. We're just about to pull the plug on the site. Do you want it? That's right. I remember you were telling are me you? about this. Wow. <laughs> like, I have no clue about how to run a website, but there's about 300 people at that time that were still using the resources. And it felt that's a lot awful to just pull that from them. And could I just hold on to this and just sort of see what happens? I do a times 10. Whenever you have one person that is struggling with, uh, uh, yes. yes. So it's not just 300, it's 3000 right. <laughs> easily. Yeah, totally. That we all affect each other in community. And, mm. and these other. so I took over that site and just sort of kept it floating for a little while. And then eventually realized I'm, I'm in, I cannot be of service to everybody who's there. Right. But perhaps I can point people in the direction of other craft based providers and resources. And then eventually it occurred to me, one of the things I really, really wanted in this community as a provider was community. So yeah. can I create the space of support for other providers that are doing this work so that we can point towards each other and lift each other up? And that's what Fantastic. helpingfamilieshelp.com is right now. Fantastic. This place, this place for both. Families can find resources, craft-based resources, even people, providers who are even interested in the work can find yeah. community and support and trainings. That is fantastic. Fantastic. Whatever I can do to, to, to promote your site. I mean, even if it's on my LinkedIn professional page, I have a bunch of supply chain uh, geeks on my LinkedIn who, who are just amazing humans too. This is everywhere. Yes. There's so many families yeah. that, that have this um, challenge. And so now I did tell you that I'm getting training and you're like, okay, yes. this is a whole big world. It's I think- lovely. I'm so excited. And this is another thing that I I wanted to get your opinion on. I'm quickly realizing that when a parent who's really in the midst of chaos goes to get resources, there seems to be different camps, mm-hmm. right? And we mm-hmm. talked, yeah, we talked about the boundary. Uh, the what I'm learning is that boundaries for families. Are, can vary per situation, per per the personal um, identi- identified person. And I want to say that in the 12 step program, a lot of times the person is called my qualifier. Mm-hmm. Whereas in craft, I immediately noticed that it was identified person. In in the yes, in, in the in most of the craft is identified patient, the IP. I actually really much prefer the language or, uh, that. I believe Beyond Addiction uses around loved one. 
I know a loved one. That's a loved one. Perfect. And that's what I wanted to talk to you about the language. There seems to be a, a, um, respect of the language in craft. There's, and I think this is, this is comes from not only Myers-based craft work, but it actually, this is where we start expanding out into other, other work as well. Just understanding how powerful language is, Mm. um, understanding what happens within labeling. Um, even if it's not meant to be coming from a difficult place, uh, but if I'm only thinking of somebody as a substance user, like then I miss the rest of their humanity as well. And it's really hard to just work with that part that I'm focused on. Yes. And yet there's so much more that's there or even how it is to flip it when family members are called enablers or yes. codependent, right? And that or how tightly squeezed do they then get and labeled and judged. And it's really hard to seek help and curiosity and compassion mm. and growth from that space. Wow, that's deep. Yeah, that is that's wow. I think you've just blown up like about a hundred meetings that I've been in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Um okay, so how do we get oh because the people that are are, are are in this um, situation, how do we get them in the mental and emotional space to start recognizing mm. their own strengths and their own beauty and going, getting back to the love. And I'm telling you, Susan Osterman, yeah. she's just yes. an amazing person. She's the one that just taught me, Angie, it's, it's about love. Yes. How do, how do we get back to there when there's so much chaos? Yeah. And mine's offering several different pieces here. This is where I want to actually reach in. This is this is where I think invitation to change part of the many ways that invitation to change approach actually really shines. Okay. This, is that sense of wanting to increase connection, tap into those values of the type of person that I would want to be, the type of parent I would want to be. Yeah. Um, working from that space of, of love while also, while also taking care of myself in the process and what that looks like, Mm. but not out of trying to control you, but because this is what I need to do. So one example for me was when we're having difficulty with grades, um, there's a bunch of small skills in this, but it became letting my loved one know Hey, if things don't shift in the next month, but I will need to call your guidance counselor, not because I think it's going to change anything that you're going to do, but because I need guidance. Um, I need and, guidance. Wow. Yeah. And I, I know you don't want me to talk to, to talk to them and I want to respect that. So I want to give you the space to be able to do something different here. But for me, I'm going to need some support if things don't shift. So I just want to let you know, this is my plan. And you've got choices to make either way. Please let me know if I can help. Yeah. And then, of course, I need to follow through in that. But there's no there's no threat here. There's no ultimatum. If you don't shape it up, I'm going to call your guidance. Like, that's not the space. That's not the space. That this is coming from. Is that I? Oh, my brain. I have like so many things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> okay. Let me do the first thing. 
as I'm listening to you, I'm remembering all the books, what to expect when I'm expecting. Mm, that's funny. And, and yeah. I'm just I like, just... I'm, I want to write a book of what to expect when you're expecting and it be all about the parent. Yeah. Not the developmental stages. I can't, right. I don't have time to write a book. I, I, I'm a single mom and I work full time, <laughs> but it, it's in my brain. Can you imagine if we focused on that, your toddler, um, you remember the developmental cycles? If your toddler walks between 12 and, you know, 14, what if we actually just, yeah. What if we focus on if you're taught, okay, guess what? You're going to be fine. You know, Mm -hmm. I I just think that we've, we've got to turn it back around somehow. And then the other thing I wanted to talk to you to to comment on when you were talking is that all the stuff that I went through with my eldest son, because of it with my youngest, I don't have 360 on his phone. Mm-hmm. I don't check his grades mm-hmm. and he is flourishing. Yeah. I'm like, look, I trust you. I know who you're with. Be home at seven. <laughs> Boom. Yes. And if he's, he just calls if he's going to, and, and I know some people I've told some people that, and they're like, are you, how can you not have 360 on his phone? I'm like, well, I don't, right. He's good. Yes. And there's this, and not like it's to my mind, it's not like there's a rule about never put 360 on the phone. Oh no, 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 no. Yes. Right. It's just because in this, in this context with him and with you and what you're seeing, that's not something you need. Oh, it just right. did. Yeah. I love how you called me out on that as well. That is, that's part of this community that I'm seeing too. Like I can express something and it's not that I'm asking everybody else to do it. Yeah. And it well, seems I mean, like a bigger space. In this place where, where I've noticed with other podcasts, I really appreciate that you're going into is the sort of like a sense about one size doesn't fit all. That, it doesn't. That. And when we're looking at, we're to loop back around to the idea about behaviors make sense, even in our, in our loved one or child who is using substances, people might be using substances for different reasons. They might be using the same substance in the same way at the same freaking party and for mm-hmm. very, very different reasons, right? And how that person is going to walk into recovery or a more vibrant life will be because whatever is around them also connects with those very different reasons. So those two different people will not need the same things. That's so powerful. Uh, hold on. <laughs> okay. What I love about what you just said, you have two different humans. The same thing is happening. The walk towards that next life, that next vibrant life is is going to be different as well. Right. And, and let's be honest, one might have a, an ability to take a drug at a party and never take it again, Sure, you know, and the other person might have to go through an experience that is just uber challenging. No, the reason why I'm adamant about one size doesn't fit all is because in what I've realized it's, it's life or death. If, if you have somebody that is adamant about a, a specific process, it can be, it can be life or death. And that's why I feel it has to be with reverence that we speak to each other about what works and 
for one family and what works for another. Right. And yeah. I strongly believe that the family members that I'm working, like I, I don't have answers about what is best, that they are the experts in who they are, what's important, how they prioritize things, what they know about themselves, what they know about their loved ones. Like this, this approach isn't about finding the answer. It's about finding the set of processes, like these skills and perspectives to navigate with so that we can keep on tracking about what works according to what we're watching and, and keep on practicing and trying and experimenting and changing and shifting. And it's, it's so much harder to do that than just, just give me an answer, right? It is harder. My, my, my child just needs to go to treatment. That's what needs to happen. They need to, you know, like they need to, when you can speak, it's so enticing and I, yeah. I get it. Like if that were true, then this yeah. is the, this just need to fix this. I was blessed with the treatment centers that I uh, put my child into the, literally the first week. It was like, you know, we got him. He's good. Mm-hmm. Now we got to talk about you. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Well, what, what, Wait. what, what? <laughs> No. And they're like, oh yeah. And I'm like, okay, good. Actually, I can handle that because it's been one heck of a year and I don't mind doing that, you know? And I can, yeah, let me, let me, let me feel my feelings for a little bit. Yes, (laughs) for sure. It's actually one of the things I really appreciate about the craft-based approaches is when we're looking at, there's, there's multiple goals of craft. So one of them is looking at reduction and we're hoping for, we often very much see uh, reduction of use for the loved one over time. We want to mm. great, great increase of the chance of person of that loved one getting into treatment over time, greater well-being of family members. But there's also this fourth piece that, piece that keeps on coming up around where the loved one themselves maintains in treatment for longer. Um, right. Tell me about that. Towards recovery for longer. But it's, it's just craft was started in the first place because what was happening is they were doing community reinforcement approach in treatment centers with the loved one directly, the treatment center was providing it, right? Noticing right. when things were going well and providing alternatives and being able to really encourage on this community, you know, social attachment sort of based behavioral kind of space. And yeah. the loved ones would thrive. And then you get the loved one back into their home where nothing yes. else has changed and they would go back to using because behaviors make sense. And it's not that we are to blame we're well, yeah. really clear about that. We are not, we are not causing anybody else's substance use or behaviors. Mm-hmm. And environment matters. It and does. Things that we can do that sort of tip the likelihood, not mm-hmm. control, but tip the likelihood that somebody continues towards recovery or somebody starts digging themselves back in about why they can't change. And, and that's where a lot of these skills start coming in is can we approach this in a little bit of a different way? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because you're talking about this and I'm thinking about how to relate this. You can relate it to a workplace, right? So many of us can understand, hey, I don't I didn't like working on that team. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I moved to another team, I thrived. And the thing with family, yes. we can't do that because the feelings are so big, you know, we would hurt our our family's feelings. Do we just cut loose the ties? You can't, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that and I've heard this before that kids go home from treatment and it, and they start using again. There's some really strong, brave parents that I know and work with who are cognizant of that. And we call it the canary in the coal mine, right? Maybe that mm-hmm. first child was the canary in the coal mine that, that said, Hey, 
these uh, patterns are dysfunctional. And if you do have a good support network, you can look at the dysfunction together and then tie in, what did we inherit? Did we possibly inherit some dysfunction? And are we open to change? Mm -hmm. And I can't count on two hands how many friends I have that are grateful that the challenge came up. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. As hard as it was, I personally am a far better person. Did I me too? Going through. Um, and yeah, and that's that is true. I believe, and this is might be hubris to say this because I don't know what this feels like. But from the wisdom of people of others who have lost their children in mm. this, um, I believe that that would be true, even if that also happens for my situation as well. Well, we know but a beautiful woman who would say that. We yeah. both know her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is it's, that's powerful. That this really becomes about ownership of my own behaviors and how I'm showing up and what I can try and what's important to me. And about yeah. for, you know, not not being told by outside, but internally. Like when Susan talks about you know trusting your gut. Yeah. To me, I hear that as trusting your values, trusting that it's okay to keep on loving someone it's okay to keep on connecting it may not it may or may not work out that they stay in their home or not they're not but to stay connected in one way or another if it's possible for them to stay at home there's no need to kick somebody out Mm -hmm. um you know can we work on connection can we work on harm reduction can we work on ways to be able to, to be there when people tip towards a more vibrant life even if it's a tiny little bit that one percent two percent change I saw that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I saw that, that one to 2%. And that's, that's a a brain shift as well. A complete brain shift from this won't be tolerated. And if we are coming from the harsher sort of, you know, tough love, they have to hit rock bottom. They have to want it that those kinds of like really sort of rigidity based, Mm -hmm. again, protective. I believe those want to be, have honor there as well. Um, but we then lose the ability to see when somebody's doing just a little bit, a little bit toward like a little bit, a little bit of kindness to their younger yeah. sister that day and be able to love on them for that. Yes. Or you, you came home 15 minutes later from curfew, but it wasn't three hours like it usually is. Not like I would say that anyway, but it's so good to see you home. Yes. It's yes. good to have you home. Yeah. Right? Um, and yeah. catching those moments and reinforcing them. And that's another part of craft as well, invitation to change as well. Mm-hmm. It's being able to recognize and be there and notice even those tiny little places where things are going well, because that is the path forward. I mean, if you look at any, any sport, right? Mm-hmm. The the people that reach the top, they're constantly practicing. Like uh, there's that mm-hmm. skier, she's uh, doing so well right now um, over in Europe. But, you know, the mistakes that she has made and she gets back up and, you know, why can't we, right? Look at, look at that kind of as a footprint to striving towards health, right? You're not going to make it every single time that you go. I love the 15 minute example. You know, it used to be three hours, but it's 15 minutes right now. Hey, we're doing better. We're doing better. And it's so great. Yeah. Thanks you for your efforts. You really, really hard, worked hard on that. It's great to see you mm-hmm. home. 
Um, yeah. Versus the chaos that would ensue. And you can or, feel the energy. Like when you describe it, it's completely different. Right. Oh, I got a lot to learn. <laughs> so, well, and I love the sense about bringing up that practice because that's actually comes up when we're looking at the invitation change model. That's a, a component of as well, as well as a practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. And that compassion around for me as a parent, when I'm trying to practice new skills, I will mess up sometimes. I will say a sarcastic thing. I will go, you know, like, and how do we respond from that? How do we reorient? How do we move forward? My child will also mess up. Yeah. That's, that's okay. That's part of this process of learning new things. It's the human condition. It's the human condition. Yes. For sure. It is. Well, this has been, I'm going to wrap it up. I just looked and I'm like, oh boy, it's wow. (laughs) It felt like a half hour, but it definitely wasn't. Thank you. Yeah. So much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. If I can just say a, a small little thing to, to point towards. So we, oh, absolutely. I was just going to say, okay. so, all right, where do we reach you? Where do people go? Yes. Okay. So the one okay. of the things I wanted to point towards is I've been talking about, it could be confusing. So there's craft, the community reinforcement family training sort of umbrella, which is the, the evidence-based approach. And there's also other ways to access craft-based work, an invitation to change is one of them. Smart Recovery Family and Friends is another. Okay. Um, and they are, they all have their slight differences, but they all have this similar stance around what we're doing and why we're doing it. Okay. Um, and you can totally get me to geek out at some point about the differences between, we've only also touched on a few aspects of craft in, in our conversation, which I loved because we got to go so deep into all these amazing yes. spaces. Um, but there's also more as far as communication skills and positive reinforcement and allowing natural consequences. And like, there's all your pieces here. Yeah. Um, so let's do you, another one after oh, I'm moving household. So it's very disruptive, <laughs> but let's do another one. Sure. Okay. Well, we, absolutely. I would love that. Um, this has been an amazing conversation. And if your listeners are curious before then, the website that I run helpingfamilieshelp.com has a brief sort of introduction around craft and then gives a a whole bunch of different resources, books and websites and groups and um, providers, uh, events that are coming up that you can get in contact with this work and learn more about it in the different ways. So um, thank you again for creating this Absolutely. An amazing conversation. Really Absolutely. And, and and my dog didn't bark. I was, I'm really proud of him. <laughs> he didn't do, he didn't do anything. Nice so, job, Popo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Cordelia, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm so glad uh, Susan connected us and I will be talking to you again. I'm so looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. To connect with me, you can follow me on Instagram, Siblinghood of Recovery. You can also hit up my website, www.siblinghoodofrecovery.com. Most of all, remember, be good to yourself and do the work because it does work. All right. I'll talk to you later.